Good morning. We are continuing the study of the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd gives his life for the sheep. We looked at that last week, how that Jesus gave his soul an offering unto God for the sheep. He poured out his soul. Isaiah declared of him in Isaiah 53 unto death. So so Jesus, who was in the form of God, and we went through this in quite some uh, detail last week, God is spirit. He that was spirit became a living soul. A man taken on the form of a servant made in the likeness of men to die the death of the cross. So as a man, he offered himself up unto God for the heirs of the people. And he declared that of himself, I am the good shepherd who gives my life for the sheep. And that word life there is soul. To bring clarity to what I'm saying, I would ask you to go back and review or listen to the post from last Sunday, because I dealt with that in some detail of how Jesus, being in the form of God, lowered himself, took upon him the form of a servant, as Paul says in Philippians 2, made in the likeness of men, and, and the likeness of man is a living soul. And how that his, as a soul, he poured out his life, his soul life, to death. Not my will, but thine be done. As he prayed in the garden, he came and, and poured all that out as an offering unto God. He that knew no sin became sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So as the good shepherd, Jesus gave his life for the sheep. And there's a number of things that's, that's said of this good shepherd in in John 10, in, in, as, as he's speaking to him early on, he says that his, verse 4, his sheep follow him, and a stranger they will not follow. And, and it's kind of where I'm going today. He leadeth them beside the still waters in Psalm 23. We're going to turn there in a moment. But we as sheep follow him. And if we could ever get our hearts to follow the Lord, that our hearts are just toward the Lord, our minds are toward the Lord, and we're here to hear his voice, that we may follow him. That's, that's really how I want God to turn my heart that I may hear his voice and follow only him, only the voice of the Lord, only give ear to his voice. And I'm not just talking about in bad things when I say that. I'm talking about even in religious things. Many, many things we may follow may not be the voice of the Lord. And God wants us to follow him. His sheep follow him. His sheep hear his voice. He, he comes on down and he says in verse 14, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, 
Even so know I the Father and lay down my life for the sheep. So he gives his life, and like I said, this word life is soul, to bring us into his life. And, and I mentioned this last week in this part of John. Jesus says in verse 10, I am come that they may have life. This word life here is a word, a Greek word, zoe. And I believe this deals with God life. I believe this deals with his resurrection life. I believe this deals with the life that Christ is. As he says this, he's dealing with, I have come that they may have life. He's not talking about soul life because man is a living soul. But as a living soul, death came upon all men and all mankind died as a soul. So all mankind is in death. That's the realm they were in. And Jesus lowered himself into man and became the form of man to die the death of the cross because his form of God, he couldn't die. But he became form of man to die the death of the cross. And as a man, he died to lead us into paths of righteousness for his name's sake, to lead us by still waters, to bring us into the things of God. That's it. That the flow and life of God would flow in our hearts, that we would begin to experience and know the life of God. And that's what Christianity is, is Christ in you, the hope of glory, that living Christ dwelling in a people. That's True Christianity, Christ Jesus in you. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. So as we consider this, he come that you may have life, and he offered up himself, I give my life. The good shepherd gives his life, and like I said, you can look this up, that is soul. That word, the actual Greek word, is the same as the soul. So he was giving up his soul life to bring us into his glorious life. Glory to God. Well, in Psalms 23, we were there a few weeks back, and we've probably referenced this throughout the sharing. But the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restored my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, this is so much to break down here, but we've dealt with Jehovah's shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. That's actually Jehovah's shepherd. And we've dealt with how he led the children of Israel up out of Egypt. And see, that's what 
Christ does as he says, I am the good shepherd. He brings us out of the Egypt of our souls, out of the cruel bondage that's in our souls into the flowing life of God. And, and that's really what I want us to look at this morning is the flowing life of God. He leads me beside still waters. The New American Standard Version says, he leads me beside quiet waters. The word here, quiet, means repose or peacefully. Uh, and, and it can deal with an abode, a dwelling. So he leads me beside or upon. The word beside could be interpreted above, over, upon, against. So I could say he leads me upon still waters, quiet waters, or where's this at? Peaceful waters, literally waters of rest. So I could read this as he leads me upon waters of rest. Now, I want us to look at a couple of scriptures just to begin to put this in perspective of the opposite. Isaiah 57 verse 20 says, but the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. So as we look at this, the wicked are like a troubled sea. It has no rest. Its waters cast up mire and mires and dirt, mire and dirt. It, there's so much you could say there. Mire and dirt. The flesh, the carnal mind, the mind of the earth. First man is of the earth earthy. When you get into the wicked, Paul says there's none righteous, no, not one. That all became unprofitable, that none sought God. So I could call the wicked just those that haven't received him. And they are like a troubled sea. And unfortunately, many Christians haven't come to rest. They haven't come to the quietness, the stillness, the waters of rest that's offered in Christ Jesus. Many Christians walk around in turmoil in their minds. And it ought not to be that way, folks. It ought not to be that way. He, he said, Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is easy, my burden light, and I will give you rest to your souls, to your inward part, to your mind. I'm going to give you rest. But he says something there, learn of me. Hallelujah. He didn't just say, come to me and do nothing. He said, come to me and learn of me. 
and you will find rest to your souls. See, as we fight, as we learn of him, God begins to work rest in our souls. And it's such a glorious rest. I talk a lot about being dead with him. And that is so powerful to me that what the Apostle Paul writes in the scriptures of dying with him, of being dead with him, because Jesus died to sin. He died to the world. He died. <laughs> he conquered it all in his death. He brought it to death, and then he raised up unto God. And seeing that and understanding that, learning of that by the Spirit of God brings rest to your soul because he that is dead is freed from sin. It's We're freed from its penalty. Through the Lord Jesus Christ, we are freed from the penalty of sin through the offering of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we ever get a hold of this, by sin came death. So we're freed from the realm of death and darkness that's in the natural man. And we're brought into a realm of light and life that's in Christ Jesus, the spiritual man. And all this is in the person of Jesus Christ. So he destroyed him that hath the power of death, that is the devil. He destroyed him, Paul. Paul, or the writer of Hebrews, writes in Hebrews 2. And he brought us out of the bondages of death. That in our hearts and minds and souls, we can live in his rest. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the Lord. Glory to his day. So we live in his rest. Quiet, still waters of life flow through us. We're not like the troubled sea that cast up mire and dirt. We, we should not be that way as Christians. Glory to the Lamb of God. Another Another place before I move on, I want to just jump on, but in Jude 1, 10 through 14, the Bible says, but these men revile the things which they do not understand and the things which they know by instinct like unreasoning animals. By these things they are destroyed. Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain. For And for pay they have rushed headlong into the era of Balaam and perished, perished in the rebellion of Korah. Now, when I read stuff like this, I should probably go back and study each of these out. Not just read it, but I should go back and look at Cain, then look at Balaam, then look at Korah, but just moving forward. These are the men who are hidden reefs in your love feast. Now, now look at the, the symbolism used here. They're a hidden reef. This is a reef 
in the ocean, a rock in the sea that, that he's declaring, hidden reef. In your love feast, when they feast with you without fear, caring for themselves, clouds without water. They're called clouds without water. Carried along by winds, autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead or twice dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea, casting up their own shame like foam, wandering stars for whom the black darkness has been reserved forever. So again, men of wickedness are like waves of the sea. But I want you to capture the imagery here that God uses in describing the wicked man or the natural man, the man that doesn't have the Spirit of God. He's a cloud without water. So if he's a cloud without water, if I'm filled with the Spirit of God, I could call us clouds with water. He's a tree without fruit. If I'm filled with the Spirit of God and the nature of Christ is beginning to be formed in us, we can be called trees of righteousness, which the Scripture declares. Now, imagery and symbolism is used throughout the Bible. I, I often look at the Lord's writings as just great works at times of poetry. I see just great imagery that the Lord has brought through his prophets, through his uh, apostles, through the disciples that wrote the new covenant words, through the apostles of the old covenant of Isaiah and Ezekiel. And, and you, you know, you get over into the book of Revelation and there's this great, beautiful symbolism used throughout your Bible. And many times believers don't fully comprehend that, you, you know, and one of the greatest, I guess, symbols in the Bible is the lamb. Well, Jesus was not a furry creature, a literal lamb, but he's called the lamb over and over again, the lamb of God. As the lamb, he offered himself, which we've talked as the good shepherd, he offered himself up unto the father. Glory to the lamb of the living God. So, so we see the symbolism that God uses. And in water, water can be troubled water. And, and, he, and he says, the wicked are like the troubled sea, waves roaring. I could just see that in my mind, the roaring of the soul, the roaring of the mind, just roaring in people. It could roar in worry. It can roar in hatred. It can roar in so many areas of the troubled sea. But then there's the quietness and stillness that Jesus said he was going to lead us by still, quiet, peaceful waters. And these are the waters of life. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. In the book of Psalms, Psalms 
36, verse 6, says, Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are a great deep. O Lord, thou preservest man and beast. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. And thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. <laughs> wow. He leadest me beside the peaceful waters, the river of his pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. Oh, continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness to the upright in heart. Let not the foot of pride come against me, and not let not the hand of the wicked remove me. There are workers of iniquity. The, there are the workers of iniquity fallen. They are cast down and shall not be able to rise. So God makes us drink of the river of his pleasure. Where's his pleasure at? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus says, in John 7, verse 37, it says, Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being or out of his belly will flow rivers of living water, rivers of God's pleasure. But this he spake of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So these rivers of living water is the Spirit flowing from within us. <laughs> the Spirit flowing out of us is a life-giving water. Out of your bellies shall flow rivers of peaceful water, living water. Look, look at this picture in, I, in uh, Revelation 22, verse 1. Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street, on either side of the river was the tree of life. Now, I want to stop here. When have you ever seen a river with a street in the middle of it? So he shows me a river of water of life, clear as crystal. Has no, none of the mire that we read about in Isaiah. It has none of the carnality, no mire and dirt, no earthiness. It's spirit and life. This water of life is the spirit of God. It's clear as crystal. None of, no, no carnality, 
nothing of the natural man, but that of God. And it's coming out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the middle of its street, on either side of the river was the tree of life. Now, I, I love walking in this street, this path of righteousness for his namesake. Right in the middle of this street is the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And we know Jesus says, I'm the true vine. Glory to God. He's the true planning of God. And we're going to get into this in some detail later on of the vine, Lord willing. And his leaves are for the healing of the nations. But he says something when he talks about being the vine. He says, you're the branches. Where do the leaves come from? They come out of the branches. So as we are in this water of life, out of our bellies are flowing living water. And in the midst of this water, this street, this path, this walk, we could say, is a tree of life. And as we eat of this tree, what's going to come out is the healing fruit of God. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, meekness, as Paul writes, the fruit of the Spirit, this is coming out of the branch. It's coming from the source, who is Christ. Because we cannot bear fruit, he says, unless we abide in the vine. But when we see we're in the vine and we begin to abide in this vine, we begin to believe and receive what he has done out of us comes living water. Out of us comes his life. Glory to God. And in his life are 12 manner of fruit. <laughs> and they're for the healing of the nation. And, and, and the first nation I, I believe that should be healed is the nation of God. The church, which is his body. The church walks around in the turmoil of mind many times. And Paul tells them, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. He tells us not to mind earthly things, but to set our affections, our mind, our heart upon the things above, the things of Christ, the things that are revealed of the Spirit of God, to set our mind upon there. And as Christ, who is our life, appears, then we'll appear with him in glory. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So Paul declares to us to set our affections upon him. And he, and he says in multiple places, he deals with Christians that in one place he says, for you're still carnal, you walk as men. You don't have the understanding of that God what God has done in Christ. You don't have the understanding that you've come to the place of still waters, of peaceful waters. You know, so many Christians are in warfares, in their minds, in their hearts, but Jesus said, come and learn of me and you'll find rest to your soul. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. In Isaiah 40, the Lord said to tell Israel, her warfare's over. 
I'm sure that has a very natural meaning to it, but on a spiritual level, Jesus went to the cross having defeated death, hell, and the grave. And he is the healing bomb of our souls, of our minds. And our warfare is over. He hath finished the work. He hath completed everything that he had to do. So he is victorious. And he's brought us into victory. And so we bring everything into captivity to him. We begin to see what he's done and we begin to bring it in our hearts and minds to what he's done. And we begin to live out of this glorious peace, this glorious rest that was promised to the children of God that was finished in Christ Jesus. That rest isn't another day. That's in the day that we're living in by the Spirit of God. We that have received him, we that are seeing him, are entering into his rest. Glory to God. We're not, I'm not waiting on another time to enter into his rest. I'm not waiting till my physical body perishes to enter into his rest. I'm telling you, his rest is now. We live in places of the Spirit of God. We, we are walking by the you know, living water, walking in the living water. As that living water flows in us, that living water brings rest to your soul because it works in you what Jesus has done. It shows you what he's done. I've quoted John 16 so many times. In my life, in my walk of the earth, he shall take of me and show it to you, the Holy Spirit. He'll take a mind of his work, of the cross, of his death, of his burial and resurrection, and show it to your heart, to your mind, to your soul, to transform you into what Jesus did. Into what Jesus is. My peace give I unto you, Jesus says. We should have peace like a river. Because the Prince of Peace lives within us. Because the water of life flows within and out of us. But honey, we're going to have to come to believe this, uh, what Jesus actually said, that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, and in this river of water is a tree of life. And we know who that tree is, is a person, is Christ Jesus the Lord. And that in that tree is fruit for the healing of the nation. See, this is what the nations need. This is what the earth needs is for us to bear the fruit of God and give it in the earth. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. I mean, it's, it's so glorious to look at the things of God and how the Lord works. I, I 
was reading a scripture yesterday in the book of Psalms about how, well, here it is, Psalms 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change and the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride, Selah. <laughs> we shall not fear. Now, we have in the earth today the COVID-19. We shouldn't fear it. I ain't saying we shouldn't be careful. I ain't saying we shouldn't be wise. I ain't saying none of that. But here the writer says, if the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, if though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Even if the mountains slip into the sea is what I'm hearing here. There's a river, rivers of the water of life, rivers of the Spirit of God that makes the city of God glad. And Jesus spoke to his disciples and says, You are a city set on a hill whose light cannot be hid. The writer of Hebrews says, You've come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God. The city of God is none other than the people of God. I saw the heavenly Jerusalem coming out of God, prepared as a bride for her husband. Hallelujah. And in this city is the water of life who makes us glad, who makes us rejoice. Even in the midst of the tribulation that may be in the earth, there's this water of life that makes us glad. See, see the the thing in a lot of Christians is we want to talk about all the bad things when we're filled with life. We're filled with glory. We're filled with substance of God. And we should be declaring that to the earth. The answer of God is in the church. That's where his answer's at is in the people of God who are filled with his spirit because out of them can come rivers of water of life can't come out of the earth and see so often the church is even looking for a man of the earth to get up and say something to heal the world and he can't do it you 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 we've read this morning what comes out of a wicked man out of an unregenerate man is mire and carnality and separation. All of this comes out of natural man, but where this life comes out of those are those that are filled with this life, those that are filled with this Christ of God. That's where this life comes out of, and it's where it needs to come out and go into the earth front. Ezekiel saw the house of God with a trickle of water in one place, and that water kept increasing until it was a river of water of life, and it rolled out and touched whatever it touched. 
but you know, brought forth life. It brought forth life. You are the temple of the living God, as God says, and he said he would dwell in you, walk in you, and be your God, and we would be his people, and God himself is this water of life, and this God is in us and flowing out from us when we open our minds and our hearts and our mouths to give him voice. He's going to flow out. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God, and he's going to bring rest to the soul. Just read this on down. The holy dwelling place, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. Do you consider yourself the holy, dwell, the holy dwelling place of the Most High? You need to if you're his. You are the temple of the living God. You are the holy dwelling place of the Most High. God doesn't live in buildings made with hands anymore. He's not going back to a temple in the Middle East. You're the temple. You're where he dwells. Paul says it over and over again in the New Covenant that we're his house, we're his dwelling place, that God through Christ now dwells in us to flow out of us. Glory to God goes on here and says, God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. See, we should be moved away from the truth that's in Christ because God's in her midst. God will help her when the morning dawns. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Selah. Do we comprehend this, that God is with us? God is in us, that the work that God did in Christ is now in our hearts and our minds to be revealed in us and to be declared in the earth, to be shared with one another as the body of Christ and to be declared in the earth. And as we declare it, what's coming out of us is water of life. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I've seen it work in my life. In my walk, I've seen it work. I can, I have a, a certain situation where I saw a person years ago just in a horrible, horrible state of being. And the Lord just moved in me not to tell the person what a horrible state of being they were in, but to begin to share with him life. And in fact, that very day, I saw the Lord even dealing with his countenance, dealing with some of the hard things this person was saying to me. And now this person I'm talking about is a child of the king, glory to God, having living water in himself. <laughs> glory to the lamb of the living God. I, I used to see this. My, my natural father used to like to party. And I used to go amongst him and some of his friends, and I would share with them waters of life. And through time, one after another, come and drank of the life. Man, this thing works. When you begin to share it in the earth, it begins to flow. It begins to touch hearts. It begins to touch minds. I have this in my mind. A, a person I grew up with, he was close to natural death. And I went and saw him. This is a few years back, a couple years ago or so. And I begin to declare to him how Jesus is resurrection and life. 
when we got through talking the night we were together, he said something to me, something like, I've never heard it like this before. And I believed in my heart he hadn't received the Lord that night, but it wasn't very many nights after that that he called me up and we began to talk and we began to pray and he received the water of life. He drank from the fountain of life, the well of living water. And we talked several times before he passed from this from his natural body of how he had received Christ Jesus the Lord. Now I didn't condemn him. I didn't, I didn't even, I don't think I told him anything like a lot of people may have. Son, you're ready to go to hell. You're going to bust hell wide open. I begin to share with him life. I begin to tell, tell him how Jesus is life. I had a neighbor like this. He was dying with cancer. And he had been in, I guess, in church for years, I guess. At least that's the impression I got. But I went in to see him. And God touched his life. God touched his heart. He said to me, I want to know Jesus like you do. When I get better, I'm going to know him like you do. And I believe that man received Christ Jesus the Lord. I believe he had been trapped in religion. And I went in and shared with him life. Man, I'm telling you, life would change your being. It'll change your mind. It'll bring peace and joy like a river. That, that like here, here in Psalms, if the earth falls into the sea, there's a water that flow, that's flowing in the city of God that makes her glad. You know, when the waves of this earth is roaring, and you hear it roaring today, you can flip on the news and you hear it roaring. You hear it roaring in, in America in the Democrat and Republican Party. Who has the answers, not the Republican or the Democrat? It's the church of the living God who's filled with the Spirit of God. In that Spirit of God that's in you is wisdom, the same Spirit that filled Daniel with wisdom. My God in Daniel's day is in you and me who have received him. I'm asking you to turn to him. He restores my soul. That's a turning of the soul. John says his, he turned to see the voice in the book of Revelation. His heart turned, his soul turned, his mind turned to see the voice. My sheep hear my voice. Glory to the Lamb of the living God. We have such an opportunity in the church of the living God to share this life. Father, just gather your people up right now that we share your life. Forgive us, dear Lord, for so often we speak like we're natural men. We don't even speak like we're of the Spirit of God. But that which is born of spirit is spirit. And Father, if we've been born again, we're of your spirit. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So we're one spirit with you, Lord. And Lord, this spirit of life is in us to flow out of us. And this spirit is in us to make the city of God glad, make it glad in your glorious victory that you executed in the earth in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Father, I ask you to make this so real in your people. Make it so real in your church. Make us hear your voice and spread your life into the earth, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. May the Lord just richly, richly bless you. Glory to God in Jesus' holy name. Amen.